Welcome to the Plant Witch Podcast, where we enter together into the web of life in all of its many seen and unseen dimensions. I'm Erin Schrader, owner of the Rebel Herbalist, and it is my honor to hold this portal to the other world. Let's enter, shall we? Here in the United States, we are living through the erosion of our civil liberties. I had this wonderful experience on Monday night talking with um, a fellow member of the Druid Order that I belong to. And he was extremely hopeful. And while at the same time, I was really despairing about our Supreme Court's decision to overturn the ruling of a case uh, called Roe versus Wade, which protects privacy, especially for women who are choosing to terminate a pregnancy. And my Druid friend was feeling hopeful because the forces who have been the architects of overturning this ruling have finally fully outed themselves as who they really are. They're looking to overturn marriage equality laws so that only heterosexual cisgendered people can be married in the United States. You know, we've only enjoyed freedom in marriage equality for the past, I don't know, 12 years or something. It's not been a long time. And they're looking to overturn that ruling as well. They've sided with a Christian pastor who was praying with his football team, even though we are supposed to be separating religion from education in our public schools. They've said it's okay to start to blur that line and they've asked for, they've ruled in favor of school funding for public school to be directed also to parochial schools or religious schools. So they are clearly theocratic, Christian theocratic in their rulings, which was hopeful to him. And I asked him why, why is that, why do you think this is such a good thing? And he said, because they can't lie about who they are anymore. They can't lie that they're constitutional, that they're, they believe in the founding father's vision because that was not the founding father's vision. They are showing that truly they are Christian theocrats. They want this to be a Christian nation. And now everyone can see that. And so I felt my own hope stirred by his, that we will look around at each other and say, 
is this really what we want? Do we really want a religious nation where the laws come from the translation of a scriptural text from one religion? And if we don't want that, then we'd better stand together against it right now because it's, it's here. So on the topic of abortion laws and Roe versus Wade and the overturning of it, which has enacted what were called trigger laws in several states here in the United States, meaning that they immediately uh, began to close abortion clinics and ban abortions entirely, with some exceptions for the imminent death of the mother. We are faced with what does it mean to be alive in a time when for the first time ever, women in this country are losing rights rather than gaining them. We've never felt that before as white women. And I think we have a lot to learn from women of color who have endured this endlessly throughout the history of colonial empire in the places where they've lived as empire came to all the parts of the world to colonize it women lost their rights as women were brought here as slaves to build this country they lost their rights and so what can we learn from them not to put any work on their part, but to read their stories and to listen to their voices and to learn their history so that we can stand in solidarity together. In particular today, I want to, as an herbalist and a nurse and a uterus-bearing person, I want to address the role of herbalism in reproductive health because this is a topic I've been seeing a lot on social media, on TikTok, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, that we can just use herbs to abort our pregnancies the way our grandmothers did. And it is not that simple. There are no safe herbal abortifacients, full stop, period. There are no safe herbal abortifacients. There are herbalists who swear that they have supported women through herbal abortions safely. One of our sort of um, pinnacle teachers here in the United States of herbalism, Paul Bergner, talked about a woman he knows who is an herbalist and has specialized in reproductive rights for women for 20 years or more and has helped women to herbally end pregnancies. And in all of her years, she's had a success rate of about 20%. And that is her absolute expertise. 
So when we use herbs to end a pregnancy, that's generally through the action of either toxicity, which means toxicity for the mother as well, or inducing uterine contractions using a class of herbs called amenagogues. And using amenagogues to force uterine contractions to expel the contents of the uterus has the risk of retained fetal tissue or retained placental tissue, which leads to sepsis and death for the woman. And there's also the risk of hemorrhage, depending on at what point in the pregnancy the amenagogue is used. Both of these side effects of herbal abortion require dilation and curtage, or DNC, which is a surgical procedure to save the life of the mother, followed probably by antibiotics. And that surgical procedure is medical abortion. So a woman who attempts an herbal abortion and does not have 100% safe success from that herbal abortion will require medical abortion to save her life. So to me, the bottom line here is that we must preserve safe clinical medical abortion for all uterus-bearing people. I already read the account of a nurse in a state with trigger laws that had to wait for legal clearance to provide surgery for a woman whose ectopic pregnancy ruptured in her fallopian tubes, but they could not do the surgery because it was an abortion without legal representation to prove that her life was imminently in danger, which it was. She was bleeding to death into her abdomen and her pelvis. But until she could prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that this woman would die without the surgery, they could not do the surgery. So what is what can we do now, right now, for uterus-bearing people in states where abortion is illegal? For me, the first place to start in this conversation is deeply understanding the reproductive cycles so that we as uterus-bearing people can be empowered to know if we are in a time period where we are fertile and ovulating so that we can choose whether or not to engage in vaginal sex during that time. This, of course, does not account for non-consensual sex. If you are not in the position to consent, it doesn't matter if you know what part of your cycle you are in. However, for those of us who can consent and are in the position to consent, it is empowering to know when vaginal sex will most likely lead to a pregnancy and when it will least likely lead to a pregnancy. And there is a pretty effective way of knowing that. When I first learned this method, I used a book called Honoring Our Cycles 
by Katie Singer, and this will be linked in the description of this episode. This um, includes a part of the book where you can actually track these indicators to determine whether or not you are most likely fertile or not fertile during this part of your cycle. There's also a website called the Fertility Awareness Project that has this information available for free on their website, including um, sample paper charts you can use, and there's an app that they have called the Read Your Body app. Um, again, there is some question over whether or not these apps will be safe to use um, if the data is being mined. But according to the Read Your Body app, they say that they're, all of the information is encrypted. None of the data leaves your phone. They can't see, share, or sell your data. So that um, hopefully they're telling the truth about that. But using the Read Your Body app, visiting the um, Fertility Awareness Project, or buying Honoring Your Cycles, whatever works for you, if this is something you want to try. Um, there are so many supports now that were not available to me years ago, um, but can help us really um, start to understand our body cycles. So the basic fundamental tracking pieces of information that you want to be gathering every single day, if this is your way of staying um, from, uh, if this is your way of keeping from being pregnant, you will have to do this every single day and be committed to it. But every morning you take your temperature before even getting out of bed, before taking a drink of anything, you keep the thermometer at your bedside and you take your oral temperature every single morning and track it. This is called your basal temperature. And then um, the next things you track are your cervical position and cervical um, texture or firmness. So throughout a woman's, or I'm sorry, throughout a uterus-bearing person's menstrual cycle, the cervix moves up and down in the vaginal canal, being higher and firmer during times when we're less fertile and lower and softer during times when we're more fertile. And when we get into the habit of palpating our cervix every day, we start to know the feeling of our cervix, its tone, its position, um, and we can understand what part of our cycle we're in by feeling the, the position and the firmness of the cervix. When you remove your fingers from feeling the cervical position and firmness or softness, you will have cervical fluid on your fingers. This is the next thing we measure. When, the, when we are less fertile, our cervical fluid is thicker, pastier, or sometimes even non-existent. When we are more fertile, our cervical fluid is thinner, actually kind of viscous, almost like egg whites, really, really slippery, and there's a lot of it. Um, cervical fluid is not always an indicator in itself. Some people don't tend to notice those differences or they have other physiological processes going on that mask those differences which is really why we need to track all three things together. When there is a change in our basal metabolic temperature or our basal temperature, 
it goes up by a degree or more suddenly, that is generally an indicator of ovulation. So of course, I'm not going to go really deeply into all of this right here on this short, you know, 25 minute or so podcast, but I want to give you the tools to know that you can begin to take control of your own fertility by deeply understanding your own body and its cycles. So we are most likely to be fertile in those five days after ovulation. However, sperm can live in the vaginal canal for three days before ovulation, even up to five days before ovulation. So if you are really, really wanting to be careful, um, I would not have vaginal intercourse five days before when I think I will probably ovulate and at least three to five days after I have ovulated. And some uterus-bearing people ovulate multiple times per month. And so this really will take a few months of tracking before you really understand your own body's rhythms and cycles and when you are most likely safe to have intercourse and when you want to either not either abstain from intercourse or use multiple layers of protection against becoming pregnant. Um, And I say multiple layers of protection because no one contraceptive practice as 100% effective. Um, So far, we all continue to have access to contraception, although that is on the table for review um, by this Supreme Court of theocratic Christians who want to take away our access to contraception, potentially. But at this point, we still have access to hormonal contraception, like IUDs, which are also mechanical contraception, or the birth control pill, or injections. Um, So that is one method. Obviously, barrier protection methods like condoms, um, they are a, a second layer of protection. Pulling out is another layer of protection. Um, so there are lots of ways and you can also around that time when you're fertile, there are other methods of intercourse that don't require vaginal penetration. So this is a great time for us to become more exploratory in our sexual lives so that we continue to have rich and full sexual lives without welcoming a pregnancy that we are then legally incapable of safely removing from our bodies in these trigger states, these, these states with trigger laws. So if you are someone who is in a position where you cannot obtain a medical abortion and you are early in your pregnancy, like just expecting your period or just having missed your period within the past five days, it is possible that a very experienced clinical herbalist may be able to help you bring on a period during that time 
And it is also possible that there are organizations at work in your state that can help you get to another state where abortion is legal and accessible to you. I know that these resources are out there um, and growing by the day, that these networks of support are growing by the day. And so I wanted to just offer some education and some um, empowerment to those of us who are in positions of feeling disempowered right now. So having these natural cycle um, awareness and education, the fertility awareness method um, can be helpful and supportive, but it is not the answer. The answer is fighting for rights to clinical medical abortion for all people and regaining those rights and doing that at the ballot box in November, making sure that in the primaries we are electing Democrats because they will protect this particular right. I do not identify as a Democrat. I identify as an independent because I see massive crippling um, corruption in the Democratic Party, just as I see it in the Republican Party. But electing Democrats is a strategy a short-term strategy for protecting and regaining liberties. The long-term strategy in my mind as a citizen, lifetime citizen of the United States is political reform, including getting money out of politics, primarily overturning Citizens United, ending lobbying with our representatives, instilling firm term limits with all representatives, expanding the Supreme Court, ending gerrymandering, incentivizing ecological preservation, financially incentivizing ecological preservation, ensuring healthcare access to all people in the United States, and um, arresting inflation and ensuring that the wealthiest among us pay their fair share to ensure the healthy infrastructure of this country. So to me, that is, that is on the docket. Like that is what we need to all be focused on, making life livable, ensuring human rights and civil liberties for all people, and ensuring that the people we elect to protect us, to um, further these desires of ours are actually doing the things that we want them to do. And the only way we can ensure that is if we take money out of politics, because as long as money is flowing freely to our representatives, they're going to do what that um, financial contributor is asking of them, not what we're asking of them. It's interesting for me to get so political on my podcast, you know, a place where I've wanted to be really spiritual and explore the other world. Um, and I'm really feeling right now more than ever before that the deep feminine wisdom of the other world is bursting through into this world, is bursting through every open portal there is. 
And that deep feminine wisdom demands accountability from us that we will show up with fierce courage to ensure that freedom is protected, that civil rights are protected, that the earth is protected, that humans decenter themselves and see themselves as a part of this ecosystem, not overlords. And so this is my effort at using my voice as a portal for the deep feminine wisdom that wants to rise. In the United States, we have a formula shortage. Babies cannot get the food they need to eat. We have a gun crisis. Children are killing other children. Adults are killing children. Adults are killing other adults. We have a civil liberties crisis. Um, We're having wildfires and flooding and drought. I know a lot of these issues are global, but especially here in this country, we are in the midst of a, a converging crises and it's calling forth the warrior in us, the warrior that stands for justice and that stands for, for, for what makes sense, for what is true. May we answer the call and rise to it with our straight spine and our soft belly. joining me for the Plant Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Schrader. I'm an herbalist, a mother, a holistic nurse, and a practitioner of the ancient ways. You can connect with me between episodes at therebelherbalist.com or on Instagram and Facebook, The Rebel Herbalist. Thank you for joining me.